hey, you have faces. <laughs> I, I, you have chins and smiles. I, I, I haven't seen this for years. This is amazing. I, I'm so excited to see uh, what you actually look like. I, who knew? I mean, you knew. But it's, it's good to see you guys. It's good to see you. Uh, I'm going to bless you as we get going. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to add this word because I was talking to Joe earlier today. I'm going to add the word today uh, to part of this blessing. Uh, I, I bless you now in the name of Jesus that you would know Jesus more wonderfully today. I, I bless you in the name of Jesus that you be healed if you need healing in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit today. I bless you to receive the guidance from God you need, the help from God that you need today. I bless you to uh, persevere and to overcome every challenge that you're facing right now in your life. And I bless you to feel hope and joy and peace and love, whatever the circumstances are in your life. I bless you to feel that today. In Jesus' name, may it be. Amen. Happy, happy Resurrection Sunday. We are here to celebrate the greatest day in the history of the world thus far when Jesus, although he was crucified, although he was dead, although they buried him in a tomb, three days later, God rose Jesus from the dead, defeating sin and death for all who would believe in Jesus. Uh, fantastic, fantastic day. This is kind of a big deal. This is right at the center of the Bible. This is right at the center of, of everything we believe. This is the heart of it all. It's, it's, it's the heart of the preaching here. It's the heart of the preaching in the Bible. For example, Paul. Paul is preaching in Acts chapter 13, and he goes right to this moment, to this weekend, to this day, and he says this in Acts 13. He says, though they found no grounds for the death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him killed. When they had carried out all that had been written about him, they took him down from the tree and put him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, speaking of Jesus. And he appeared for many days to those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. And we ourselves proclaim to you the good news of the promise that was made to our ancestors. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. Not just as Paul preached this, Peter's preaching it in, in chapter 10, for example, of the book of Acts. He says, you know the events that took place throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the tyranny of the devil because God was with him. We ourselves are witnesses of everything he did in both the Judean country and in Jerusalem. And yet, they killed him by hanging him on a tree. Speaking of Jesus, God raised up this man on the third day. And caused him to be seen. What, what Paul is preaching and, and what Peter is preaching is the central message of the whole point of the Bible that, that Jesus was crucified. But God raised him from the dead. And, and this isn't just something that they're claiming happened. They are, they are claiming it in a context where this could be verified. Because as they say in these passages, they, they're not just proclaiming these things. Jesus appeared to people. Hundreds of people 
And they could go and verify and speak to someone else who had seen Jesus was alive. Because he'd speak, uh, revealed himself to hundreds of people. Now, as I say every year, whether you believe in Jesus or not, whether you believe in this, any of this at all, one, it is 100% historically certain that Jesus was a real person. That Jesus walked planet earth. That he taught and that in the first century, that he was tried in Jerusalem and nailed to a Roman cross. This is certain, certain, certain. And he was dead, testified dead. Romans testified he was dead. Jewish people testified that he was dead. He was taken off the cross, certainly. He was put in a tomb, buried, sealed by the, the official seal. It is 100% certain that this happened. This is, not, this is not just some claim. And yet, with every way that we value and evaluate the historicity, which is a true word, the historicity uh, of, a, of an event in, in, in times past, whether it happened or not, with every evaluation that we use, it, it screams this one conclusion that although Jesus was truly dead, God actually did raise Jesus from the dead on the third day and Jesus got up and he walked out of the tomb and he revealed himself to, to hundreds of people. And you might be thinking, but wait, that's impossible. And, and I'm like, yes, that's the whole point. That's the whole point. The, the whole point is, it's supposed to be that moment in, in history that just screams to you, the impossible seems to have actually happened. And so what does that mean? And what does that mean for me? And the, the, the testimony is that God is screaming throughout the ages, this happened, I am real, I am here, I am paying attention, I am active. Um, pay attention to this moment. Pay attention to me. I'm not just this made-up theory. I am real, I am here, and Jesus is alive. That's what, the center point of my joy, center point of my hope, center point of, of my expectations for the future. But before I say more about this, um, last week, about a week ago, my wife said to me, she said, Brian, you're going to be talking about Easter. I'm like, of course, I'm talking about She's like, um, you're going to have pictures, right? Yeah, I'm going to. Write that down. I got, I got some pictures. I got to come up with some pictures. So, so here are some pictures, uh, thanks to Kelly's prodding. These pictures are from uh, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem. This is, this is in Jerusalem in, uh, in the place. That top left picture there is the place that many, many, most, most believe that Jesus was placed. That top left picture, that kind of shelf there, that is a covering over the shelf, but where... There's some candles there where Jesus' body was placed after he was crucified and the, the place where he um, was raised to new life. That's the place that they believe jo uh, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus took the body from the cross and, and put it there. Why do they believe this is the exact spot? And, and is there any, is, is this just like a theory? Uh, well, they believe it's the right spot because it's in the right location according to the Bible. It, 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 if it's not this exact platform, table, stone thing, it's got to be within about 20 or 30 feet of this place. The, the Bible is really clear in, in John chapter 19 that the tomb is right where Jesus was crucified. It, it's in the same place. We, we know where the cross is. The cross is about 100 feet straight behind the photographer here. 
It's just, it's just right there in, in the same place. Uh, we, we, there, there's no doubt where that, where that was. But it says in John 19, there was, a, there was a garden in the place, in the place where he was crucified. A new tomb was, was in the garden. No one had yet been placed in it. Now, remember, this wasn't carved out after Jesus was crucified. There is an existing graveyard here. There's a, there's a, this is a place where there's going to be tombs in that moment that, that are pre-cut out. The, the bottom two pictures there, they are of about 15, 20 feet from that top left picture to the kind of leftish, straightish, leftish, kind of, kind of over there. Uh, slightly bearded. And because and, and this was a first century place where there were tombs. Th th these are other tombs that were cut out of, of the rock in this, in this very area. We know in Jesus' day, he's taken off the cross. He's put in, a, in, in one of the tombs here in, in this garden. Now, um, again, like in, in this, we know it's in this area. One of the reasons they also think that this is the right actual place is not all of the, the tombs have a, I don't know what to call it. It looks like a shelf in this picture, but like a, a okay, I'm going to use a word. It's, it already sounds terrible coming out of my mouth. Uh, a, a decomposing table. Uh, so what, what, they, what they would do is they would place the dead body on a table. It would decompose a little bit, and then they would gather up the stuff, and they would put it in like that lower left picture there. They put it in these smaller um, places, and then they would brick it closed with the, with the pieces inside. But uh, not all of them have this. And also, according to Mark 16, we, uh, not 16, yeah, Mark 16, you get the impression that, that the table is on the right side as you come into this, this thing. You've got the angel there sitting on the right. And it, you, you've got that distinct impression. It, it, it fits, fits really well that way. Um, also, this exact table table place thing here shelf whatever it is um is has always been where they've thought jesus was buried uh 1900 years ago the emperor hadrian same hadrian's wall hadrian he was down in uh, in this area and the christians were coming here to this exact place to pilgrimage where Jesus was raised from the dead and, and crucified. And so they would come to this place. And so he wanted to get people from their other religions to, to his own and to the Roman religions. And so he cut the top off the tomb uh, to make it level. And he built on top of it a temple to, depending on your source, Aphrodite or Venus. Basically the same thing, different, different form. But yeah, like th that, that right there on that spot. And to kind of repurpose this gathering place for Christians. We know that, that this was happening because we can find these, the, the, the foundations of this temple still there. And you can see graffiti where Christians had come to this temple and, and you know, chiseled into the rock that, that they had made this pilgrimage to where Jesus was raised from the dead. This has always been uh, the, the, the place where, where people would come. And I, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, that top right picture, that top right picture is from National Geographic. In 2016, uh, oh, let me mention the bottom right picture as well. The bottom right picture, again, it's, it's right at the entrance to the bottom left picture. And there's a little trough along the bottom there where there that would have been where a stone was rolled along that trough there and kind of stuck into place there. The, the top right picture, National Geographic 2019, uh, it's, it's where they were going to repair and re refurbish that, that upper left picture area. 
that marble slab. And so they removed the marble slab, and there was a lot of sediment and stuff in it, and they, they pulled it all out in this restoration process, and they got down to the crusader cover, which is that green bit on, on the picture there, uh, where the crusaders had, had covered it to protect the original limestone um, thing there. And the reason that they were protecting it, uh, you can see in the next layer down where it's, where it's just the limestone bit there, that, uh, that is the actual limestone shelf, original shelf. And maybe you can see it in the picture, but the pilgrims would come and they, would, they, they believed this is where Jesus was placed. And so they would chisel out a bit of it for themselves to, to kind of to take with them. So the, the crusaders put a, put a coating over it. Uh, again, like this is, th this, is, this is where it is believed this stuff is happening. Is it 100% certain? No, it is not 100% certain. But there is not another square inch anywhere in the world that it's more likely to have happened than, than right there. there no, there's no other place that you could point to as an as a, a actual, viable, biblical, historical, verified location. It, it is very, very likely that this actually is the place. If not, it's within about 20 feet. But, but anyway, I, I think this is cool. I look at this, and, and, and I'm, I'm like, wow, after Jesus is crucified, after he has been wrapped in 75 pounds worth of, uh, of spices, uh, weighed with spices and cloth, it is assumed on that table there that Jesus breathed in after not having breathed at all for three days, having been dead for three days. That, that he breathed in on that table, that, that on that table there, that, that Jesus sat up, having been dead for, for three days. And, and it's believed that Jesus got up from that table and walked out of the tomb and raised to dead, raised from the dead on the third day, at living, reigning forever now. He's King of kings, Lord of lords. Pretty great stuff. I've entitled this message... Very succinctly, the joy of the victory of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is as brief as I could make it today. The joy of the victory of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And, and as I, I mean, I've been so happy thinking about what's, what's going on this weekend. To this, uh, the significance of it all. I've been so, I'm so excited to talk about Jesus being raised from the dead this weekend. And, you know, I, I've had some time and I've been kind of just thinking it through. And I make notes on my phone, you know, of all the things that you could say. What do you want to talk about? And, and, and it just kept coming back to this, this, this joy and the celebration of the significance of Jesus being alive. And I kept coming back to Revelation, where they're just like, worthy is Jesus, worthy is Jesus. Because, you know, being alive, oh, I got to read it. Revelation chapter 5, one of, the, one of the most wonderful passages, one of the most incredible moments in the Bible. Revelation chapter 5, celebrating Jesus. It says this, Then I saw in the right hand of the one seated on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides, Sealed with seven seals. I also saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy? Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or even to look in it. I wept and wept, writes John, because no one was found worthy 
to open the scroll or even to look in it. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Look, the lion from the tribe of Judah, that's Jesus, the root of, Je- uh, of, D- of David, that's Jesus, has conquered so that he is able to open the scroll and his seven seals. He's conquered. He has risen from the dead. He has conquered. Then I saw one like a slaughtered lamb. This is also Jesus standing uh, in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures in a, and amongst the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent into all the earth. He went, Jesus went, and took the scroll out of the right hand of the one seated on the throne. God the Father Almighty. When Jesus took the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp and golden bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Your prayers, our prayers. And they sang a new song to Jesus. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. Why? This weekend. What we're remembering this weekend. Because you were slaughtered. Because you were slain. And you purchased people for God by your blood from every tribe and language and people and nation. You made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God. And they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne. And also of the living creatures and of the elders. Their number was countless thousands plus thousands of thousands and they said with a loud voice worthy is the lamb who was slain who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing i heard every creature in heaven on earth and under the earth on the sea and everything in them say blessing and honor and glory and power to be to the one seated on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever the four living creatures said amen and the elders fell down and, and worshipped. This, all this worship throughout eternity is coming around this central moment in, in time. Where Jesus was slain and yet God actually did raise him from the dead. Conquering sin and death so that he could purchase people from God. Now why is this so amazing? Why is this so amazing? Because judgment day is coming. And we, you can't understand the joy of Easter unless you understand its connection to judgment day. If you want to ignore judgment day, you're not going to get it. You're not going to be, you're not going to be able to celebrate this. as it, they are, They're entirely connected. The judgment day, the day that everyone stands before God to give an account of their lives. And on that day, says Revelation chapter 20, there are these books, plural, books, and the books will be open. And in those books are the deeds. They're everything that we have done, uh, good or bad. And the deal is, if there is even one bad deed, even if it was last year, even if it was when you were young, if there was only even one bad deed, then we receive the punishment, the judgment, and the wrath 
of God forever. And that is awful. That's bad news. That's bad news. But the great news is there is one other book. There, there's one other book, and, and it's called the Lamb's Book of Life, or Jesus' book, the, the Lamb's Book of Life. And in that name, in that book are, in that book are just names, no deeds. Just names, no deeds. No good deeds, no bad deeds. And, and this is kind of how Judgment Day is going to go according to Revelation 20 and 21. Myself as an example. I'll put myself as an example. It's hard to think about this because it's, it's such a, a big moment. But let's say it's my turn. And there, there I am. I, I, I am there before the throne of God Almighty on Judgment Day. And there are the books with the deeds. And I know some I've remembered, I've forgotten most, but I know enough to know that this is probably not going to be my favorite moment. And the books are open, and, and there are bad deeds there. Lots of bad deeds. Awful moments in, in, in my life, times where I've messed up. If you have come to this church looking for a flawless pastor, you are not in the, you've not found it. Like, I, I am not that guy. There are many bad deeds in, in, in the, in, under the Brian list in, in, this, in this book. I have forgotten most of them, praise God. But, but I am trying to point you to someone who is perfect, Jesus. That, that's the point of this. Uh, I will let you down. I, I, will, I will disappoint you. Anyways, we don't need to get into that. Uh, sheesh, stop talking. Just get back to it. But then after the deeds are read out, and I realize the painful, ugly, uh, awful truth of my life that I wasn't good enough, that I, that I didn't deserve this, and I, and I can tell right away that being a missionary for decades didn't even help with one little sin. It didn't help me on this moment. Being a pastor... For, for, for years and years, it, it didn't even help with one evil thing that I did. It, it, didn't, it didn't help a, at all. A, and I'm looking at my situation, and I can see that, that there's nothing, that there's nothing looking at my deeds that gives me any hope. And I realize in that moment I'm doomed. Unless, unless... And then, I, then Jesus steps forward. Jesus steps forward and opens his book. And everything depends on this. Is my name in the Lamb's book of life? Is my name in that book? And Jesus looks down that list. Ingraham. Well, that's a unique last name. There's not, huh. Um, Abijah. Well, that's Ingraham Benjamin. Ingraham Brian. Your name's in the book. Well done. Come and, and share in your master's happiness. Everything that you've ever done, all the deeds in the other book, they, they don't even matter. Not the good ones, the bad ones. They don't even matter. They don't even matter. All, all that matters is you are forgiven of everything. And now come and share in the eternal joy and goodness of grace forever and ever and ever without end. Mm. What, what, a great, what a great moment. We're, we're all going to have this moment, guys. 
where we stand before God. Where the books are, are open. This is a real moment that we're, we're going to face. And all that matters on that moment is, is your name in that other book? Is your name in Jesus' book? How do you get your name in that book? Well, you believe in Jesus and what we're celebrating this weekend. You, you believe that although Jesus was a real person who was actually crucified, who was dead, like dead dead, and buried in a tomb for days, three days, but that God raised this Jesus from, from the dead, and the angel of heaven comes down and rolls away the stone. Jesus breathes in. Jesus sits up, and Jesus walks out alive, victorious over, over sin and death, able to now start his book of names for all who will believe in him, dedicate their lives to him, and follow them. What, what is the encouraged response to people who get confronted with this and be like, oh my goodness, I need to respond. I need to get my name in the, the Lamb's book of life. Well, Peter says in Acts chapter 2, he says, what's the response? Repent, which is basically, God, I agree with you that my life has not been perfect. And now I am going to dedicate my life to living how you want me to live. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I agree with you that my way was that I've done evil, I'm going to need your forgiveness for that, and I'm repenting. It says, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, preaches Peter in Acts 2, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what this is about, Easter, Resurrection Sunday, the celebration of hope, the celebration of forgiveness, the, the celebration of the very real God intervening in, in, in our world in such an obvious, powerful way, providing hope for millions who will give their lives to Jesus and be saved. I love this stuff. I love this day. I love celebrating this day. Now, I would normally, I, I would end there, but that would be uh, not a good move on my part. Uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't at least read for us one of the testimonies, one of the ancient written accounts of this very true moment. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 28. And uh, this is an account uh, of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. It says this, after the Sabbath, after the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. There was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing was white as snow. The guards were so shaken by fear of him that they became like dead men. The angel told the women, don't be afraid. Because I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. For he has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. 
then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead, and indeed, definitely, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, they ran to tell his disciples the news. Just then, Jesus met them and said, greetings. I'm sure it's better in the original language. Greetings. They came up, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Here's my challenge. Here's what I want for, for you guys today. I challenge you. First of all, if you've not given your life to Jesus, if your name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, if you're not confident of that, I want you to believe in Jesus tonight. I want you to believe in Jesus and have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I want that, number one. Number two, uh, the second thing, if you have given your life to Jesus, I want you to celebrate. I want you to celebrate Jesus and his victory over sin and death with joy. In, in my first, in my first uh, scratch of, of this, um, this challenge, it was, it was grammatically abysmal. And, and, I, and, I, and it had to be reworked. But what I'm trying to convey is, I actually want you to be happy. Like feel happiness, lightness, if you don't even remember what that feels like. like. Like an internal yay as you think about Jesus being alive. And, and maybe you feel so dead inside and you feel so far away from anything like that feeling. My challenge for you today is to pursue it when it comes to this thought. And, if, and we're here to help you. We'd love to pray for you for a reawakening of your heart and your life. We, we want to worship together with joy and, and, and happiness. We have communion where we remember and celebrate this. We're going to be feasting together and celebrating together after this time. Free food. Yay. Happiness. Good, yay. Uh, and, and we have all of this to, to help you. But at the end of the day, maybe you, just need, you also need to look a little bit more deeply and think about the significance of what we're saying here. That Jesus was killed, and yet he is alive, and that means everything. That means everything to you. So much hope, so much forgiveness, so much grace for everything. I want you to feel happy. That's my challenge. Uh, let me pray for you and, and pray for us, and, and then Laura will give us some directions here. Thank you, God. Thank you. What, what an amazing, gruesome for sure, but an amazing plan to, to open the door of hope and forgiveness and grace and salvation to, to any of us who would believe in Jesus, trust him for our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your obedience to the point of death, even death on the cross. Now you are rightly exalted to the highest place. Thank you. Spirit of God, thank you for opening our eyes so that we can see and believe and respond to this good news about Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and I ask for there to be a real joy. One of the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, joy. That there be real, genuine joy as we think about the grace that we have through Jesus his death, burial, and resurrection from the dead. Thank you. If you're here tonight and you 
are not confident that your name is in Jesus' book and you want to be confident, I encourage you to start by praying something like this. God, here I am. And I choose on Easter 2022 to believe in Jesus and to follow Jesus with my life. I now dedicate the entirety of my life to following Jesus, whether it goes good or whether it's challenging. I commit to following Jesus. Forgive me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and lead me forward. God, you hear our prayers. Thank you. Thank you for this grace. In Jesus' name, amen.